This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman. Well, temperatures uh, fell into the basement this morning, minus 20s, minus 30s across a wide area of North Dakota and northern Minnesota. According to the Endon Weather Station at Botno, the low temperature this morning reached 36 degrees below zero. Weather stations at Bowbells, Rolla, and Langdon, all 30 below. Candu uh, hit 33 below. It was 32 below in Roseau, 29 below in Greenbush. A relatively quiet weather pattern expected across much of the Midwest over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says the northern plains upper Midwest are still advertised to be wetter early next week. Blizzard conditions may evolve in the northern plains and some significant moisture could impact the upper Midwest. However, World Weather says the event is still too far out in time to have strong confidence in the details. Prairie Grains Conference begins today at the Alara Center in Grand Forks. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman reports from this morning's research summit. Soybean trials in Manitoba suggest closer row spacing can increase yields. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers Leanne Carossel explains her findings. One of the things I've noticed, especially with soybean row spacing, is that narrower rows have increased our yields across the network. So we're finding that much of the time you can see it like up to two bushel per acre yield increase with a narrower row system. So that's your seven and a half inches versus your 15 or your 10 inches versus your 20. Or if we're even talking about intermediate rows versus Y, that's our 15 inch versus 30. Even our 15 inches saw higher yields than our 30 inches across our network. So that's an interesting thing that we have noticed. Carousel says her job is to help farmers wherever she can and says the data is available to anyone. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit manitobapulse.ca slash on farm research and you can see our database across time and click on any of our trials to learn more about each trial and get a really deep dive into different trial types that we've done across time. Reporting from the Prairie Grains Conference at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. With the 10th annual On-Farm Research Summit wrapped up, Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers President Mike Gunderson says setting policy for the year ahead will be a priority in this afternoon's business meeting. Say we'll be setting some of our policy, which we, you know, if it's national issues, it does get further sent to the national. Um, of course, probably big news yesterday too, even the state of Minnesota, you know, budget surplus grew a lot more again uh, to over 17 some billion. Um, we'll, we'll talk to our state lobbyists too. I mean, what happens with all that money? Uh, who's going to dictate where it goes? Uh, um, how much is it going to come back? You know, there, there's going to be a lot of questions and, uh, you know, that's where, you know, wheat growers, uh, we're one of those individuals or organizations that hopefully are, are at the table when we're making some of those discussions. The Prairie Grains Conference kicks off tomorrow morning with registration and breakfast beginning at 6.30 a.m. If you haven't decided to attend yet, we certainly invite you to come down again. Uh, like I say, it's a great event. Uh, we have lots of people that come here, especially for our trade show and our speakers. And, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to, to network and meet a lot of people, uh, whether it's your neighbors or, or meet some new ones. So we just invite everyone to come. 
North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum delivered a budget proposal to the Legislative Assembly that invests in roads and bridges, workforce development and tax relief. Burgum said the state is doing incredibly well. We are blessed as a state compared to virtually every other state. But when our state is doing well, the citizens should also share in that prosperity. To accomplish this, our budget includes income tax relief that will eliminate the state individual income tax for three out of five taxpayers. Those who will still pay income tax, the top 40% of payers, will see their liability reduced by roughly one quarter to one half. This allows North Dakotans uh, to keep more of their hard-earned money to offset the expenses that they're seeing with inflation and to invest in their families and in their communities. The 2023 to 2025 budget proposal includes an unprecedented investment of $2.4 billion in roads, bridges, and other infrastructure. Burgum also said state revenues are strong enough that it should not be drawing profits from the state-owned mill and bank. And therefore, we propose a one-time pause in these profit transfers, uh, allowing these state entities to reinvest their profits in their missions of serving North Dakotas, North Dakotans. And when they do that, if they transfer the money and we leave it in SIF or the general fund, it earns low interest checking account returns. If we leave the money in the bank and in the mill, they can go out and get 14, 15% return on invested capital as they also work to deliver value for North Dakotans. State House and Senate members were sworn in this week in preparation for the session that starts in early January. Leaders from the International Dairy Foods Association are at Capitol Hill to advocate for passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. International Dairy Foods Association CEO Michael Dykes says FWMA is needed especially in the dairy industry. Workforce Modernization Act is an important issue for us at the International Dairy Foods. I'm pretty pleased to have two of our wonderful IDFA members with us this morning. Workforce is by far and away the number one issue facing our IDFA members. To our members process 90 plus percent of the milk produced in this country. Workforce is big for us. We have about a million open jobs in the workforce today. Uh, we have about two job openings for every person seeking employment. Most of our members are short 10 to maybe 20% of the workforce. Uh, several of our members uh, are heavily reliant upon temporary workers. Dykes is optimistic that passage of FWMA will happen during the blind duck session. I can't stress to uh, members of Congress enough that the workforce situation is one that needs immediate attention. Uh, we'll be doing that today with our members. We also have on the IDFA website, an opportunity for any of our members to click on the link and send a message to their elected officials about just how important it is that we address the workforce. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Sen District Senator Terry Wanzik is working towards putting a fertilizer plant in the state. Wanzik says it'll be a long road, though, before one gets built. The uh, opportunities are fairly new, and I, you know, I've got to be a little bit careful about how much I say. We don't want to get out ahead of ourselves. Uh, there's, there's a lot of discussion going on, and you know, we're just at that stage. I hope people understand we're, we're working out the details. We're trying to think of what it would take to help them 
uh, and they're very interested in making that investment in our state. And, uh, you know, as a farmer I'm, and somebody who's concerned about accessibility to fertilizer and unstable prices and the wild fluctuations, I'm excited about this opportunity. Wanzik says an in-state fertilizer plant wouldn't necessarily lower prices, but it could bring stability to inventory. Maybe, maybe it's not going to provide the lowest price, but it's going to bring some stability. You know, you take urea on our farm. We bought some urea fertilizer, what, two, three years ago for 300 bucks a ton. And this last year, I think it got up over $1,000 a ton. That results in a lot of money to our farm. I mean, that could be five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars of difference. And then also I've talked to some young farmers who prepaid for fertilizer and when it came time to go get it, they you know, they were short on supply. So this would provide some stability and access to fertilizer and also hopefully provide some stability in pricing. Mosaic is temporarily cutting production at one of its potash mines in Saskatchewan. Company officials says farmers' demand has been slower than expected in the second half of the year. Current inventories are adequate to meet near-term demand. Two soy crush facilities with a possible third are coming to North Dakota. North Dakota House Representative Paul Thomas says the addition, on, the addition of more processing facilities could open the door for expanding animal agriculture. I think through the years we've really seen animal agriculture as having tremendous potential in North Dakota. And some of the things that have happened lately um, with the soybean crush plant announcements certainly is going to make a lot more meal available for animal feeding operations, you know, more specifically like the hog industry. And so we've, we've always seen the value of having more animal agriculture in North Dakota, but I think now we're seeing more and more of the pieces that are going to make that successful in North Dakota coming to play. And so from, from my standpoint in the legislature, I really want to do everything we can to drive the development of animal agriculture in this state. Thomas says the next generation of farmers are the ones who are showing interest in animal ag. People meeting with commodity groups, meeting with the commissioner of agriculture, meeting with industry, and trying to identify what are those barriers. And we've identified a number of them. And they've ranged anywhere from zoning issues um, to community acceptance issues, capital issues. Uh, a lot of these projects are you know, higher in capital costs. And, and, and with the animal agriculture business, a lot of the interest comes from young producers. You know, and a lot of those young producers don't have a lot of capital. So, so barriers to entry capital is certainly one of those. We, we've also discussed, you know, local needs for building up rural infrastructure. The grain market pulled off early highs in a choppy trade. Stonex market analyst Philip Clausen expects a sideways choppy trade through the end of the year. We're back to levels when you look at Lake Kansas City that uh, were the lows back in August, uh, not too far away from those uh, lows now in Minneapolis. And it's been a pretty sharp price break here in uh, the last few sessions leading to this. You'd expect uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of uh, you know some support here, but it's got to prove itself first. But for now, it looks like it's trying to do that. Demand is a big question. On the export side of things, things have been a little bit slow right now. It seems like there's enough uh, uh, cheaper Russian wheat making its way into the market, and the export side has been been fairly quiet. And, and even after we saw 
a pretty good bounce up in, in basis in Ken, uh, Minneapolis and Kansas City, both here in mid-November. Those those markets had kind of calmed down, too, over the last couple of weeks. It seems like mills were getting to the point where they were somewhat comfortable to get to the end of the calendar year. So we're just kind of in that holiday uh, malaise here as we just kind of drift into the new year. Australia expected to produce a bumper crop this year, including record wheat production despite widespread flooding in the east. According to Reuters, total winter crop production is forecast at 62 million tons. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford says farmers are in control when it comes to building pipelines to transport carbon. So farmers are really at the, in the eye of the storm. They're going to be so important for what happens with CO2 in the state. And, and for them to see that they do have a part and it's, and it's okay to be playing part of this. And so whether it's range practices, whether it's no-till practices, whether it's utilizing lower carbon fuel for their own carbon footprint, they'll, they'll be able to f- have income opportunities in the future. But also it's, it's, the land, it's the land that's needed for these projects to happen. And so you're seeing it with the Summit Carbon Solutions Pipeline right now, where you've got to have a value equation that's being met at the landowner side of why do I want this pipe to go through my land. Sanford says North Dakota is unique in its geology in that it can hold CO2 better compared to other rock types. You think about why that pipe is being built. It's to bring CO2 from ethanol plants in in southern North Dakota and mostly in South Dakota, Minnesota, and Iowa to bring them to where you can put it in the ground. You have to come all the way to our geology in the coal and oil areas of West North Dakota to be able to put it in the ground. Otherwise, you're trying to inject it into bedrock. So the geology is important, so they have to build the pipe for 500 and some thousand miles, whatever it is, to bring it to this part of the country. So it's another opportunity for us in North Dakota. And, and we can do CO2 sequestration sooner than other places because we have primacy from the EPA as far as regulation. We can permit it ourselves. We can do it in months. It's going to take many years to do it through the EPA. Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour. We're seeing grain still trading higher. March wheat Minneapolis now five and a quarter higher, 901 and a quarter. Chicago March wheat is 21 and a quarter higher at 750 and a quarter. Kansas City March wheat's up 19 and a quarter at 849 and a quarter. March corn up five cents at 642 and a quarter. January soybeans are 18 and a half higher at 1473 and a half. January canola is trading $14.80 a metric ton higher, 864.30 Canadian. December live cattle up 55 cents, 152.10. January feeder cattle are down 62 cents at 181.17. December lean hogs are 12 cents higher at 82.40. Dow Jones Industrial Average currently is down 12 points at 33,583. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.